Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to a good football show. I am Patrick Doherty, joined today by Mr. Eric Froton, Mr. Zach or Zachary Kruger. I think it's Zach. I'm going to say Zach. We're going to be talking the latest NFL news and its NFL draft implications, including the Packers' newly dire need at receiver, the Deshaun Watson trade fallout, the Patriots' Patriots's I can't use the possessive there very well, <laughs> increased holes all over the roster, and some stunning news that broke right before the show, Matt Ryan's trade or acquisition, excuse me, by the Indianapolis Colts. But just real quick, I want to start the show by asking you guys, if either of you took the Jacksonville Jaguars job. Would you promise you would at least know who Aaron Donald is beforehand? I don't know if you guys read the Urban Meyer athletic piece this morning. Uh, it seemed like he had a general lack of NFL knowledge. Well, I'm a Rams fan, Pat. So uh, I do, in fact, know who Aaron Donald is. Uh, I was actually lucky enough to get to watch a pretty good amount of Pitt, you know, in college. And I, I cannot emphasize enough, if you think he was – a bad boy in the NFL. My <laughs> God, go back and look at his pit tape. He was an absolute homewrecker. Yeah, I mean, to to not know Aaron Donald and to then go into a uh, NFL head coaching job just seems wildly off. It would be like me pining for a MLS writer's position, having not ever watched a full MLS game. Like, it just kind of doesn't really make sense. So uh, <laughs> that, that that was an exceptionally bad look that that part broke on the Urban Meyer news. I, I would dedicate myself to knowing who Aaron Donald is. I would. It's good that – Good that you know Aaron Donald. And one of my my strongest reactions to the piece was, so I, I, I posted a screen grab of that part of the article. You know, I'm just a very responsible, modern internet citizen. Instead of linking the article immediately, I posted a screen grab of the juiciest part of the article. And lots of people were like, there's like, that was probably just a joke that didn't land. Like that was probably just sarcasm. There's no way Urban Meyer didn't know who Aaron Donald was. And like my response was, like, how could you have lived through the 2021 NFL season and not believed that story? Urban Meyer. <laughs> like, what, what exactly did he seem to know about right. NFL, NFL football? Well, I, I know all, all about NFL football. Oh, I was going to say he's very adept at courting co-eds at random events, apparently. Yeah. yeah, he's very adept at being a kind of a very sad, sad <laughs> middle-aged man who needs to reevaluate a few things. <laughs> And his life, I would say. And the most important Aaron Donald fact, by the way, is one of the final St. Louis Rams. Uh, Aaron Donald was drafted when the team was here. And he needs to go in the Hall of Fame as a St. Louis Ram. I'm planting that flag right now. I mean, he was in town for like two or three years, but he's a, he's a St. Louis Ram Hall of Famer. And I'll, I'll be damned if L.A. takes that from my town. So sorry, Frochon. He's a St. Louis Ram. Hey, as a Southern That's Californian fair. here, okay, uh, you know, I was happy to see the Rams come back to L.A. No offense to you. That's fine. Man, it's fair. That is your right. Um, we, we, we did steal them first. I mean, let's be real. Um, well, he can go down as a Hall of Famer in St. Louis so long as he goes down as a Super Bowl champion in L.A., my friend. Yeah, that, that's a good trade. We'll actually take that trade off at this point. Fair, I mean, fair. That's the closest we're going to get back to the NFL, I think, <laughs> is Aaron Donald going in the Hall of Fame as a St. Louis Ram. So on to the news of the day. The Indianapolis Colts are on to their fifth quarterback in as many years. In 2018, we had Andrew Luck. 2019, we had Jacoby Brissett. 2020, we had Philly, Phil Rivers. 2021, Mr. Carson Wentz. And now 2022, Matt Ryan, who was acquired for the price of a third-round pick just before the show started. We were, like, sorting through, like, the various trade compensations for these Colts trades. And 
They, they got two third rounders for Carson Wentz, and then they turned a third rounder into an objectively better player and Matt Ryan. And I made the point, like, this kind of seems like how, why some franchises remain bad and others remain good. Like this, like they got way more for Carson Wentz than they had to give up for Matt Ryan. For I, we, So first off, do you agree with that take? I'll start with you, Froton, that Matt Ryan is objectively better than Carson Wentz at this point. Cause you know, he wasn't good last year, but the weapons were lacking. The offensive line was bad for years in Atlanta. Do you think that Matt Ryan is a clear upgrade on Carson Wentz at this stage? Well, absolutely, because if you look, again, you can point to the draft capital. They got a free third rounder, <laughs> a freebie, just to get rid of, like, I mean, to get rid of Carson Wentz, an upgrade to Matt Ryan. I mean, you really can't argue with the logic there, and good for the Colts, you know? Free third rounder, take it. Can be a good player. Yeah, I, I, the first thing that kind of struck me was the Colts' commitment to sticking to quarterbacks who might still have a little bit of something left in the tank between Phil Rivers and then Carson Wentz last year, and and, and now we got Matt Ryan. So uh, they're definitely committed to kind of like, I think, clinching to those guys who they think have a little bit left to offer. I think also as well, just with the Colts still having – arguably the best running back in the game with Jonathan Taylor. I think that's going to take some of the pressure off of Matt Ryan to need to be a superstar. He just needs to be good enough to move the ball downfield, keep keep converting third downs, and you know find ways to get Michael Pitt in the ball when necessary. So I, th- I think it's going to be a good fit overall and certainly an improvement over Carson Wentz, who's, I mean, you know, decision-making has been at times questionable at best. I'm not sure about at times or questionable. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe you could upgrade the language. I'm trying there. to be nice. I'm trying to be nice. Yeah. And so, yeah, the Colts, the – they tried to have a quarterback under the age of 35 one time in Carson Wentz, and it didn't work out. And I think the biggest upgrade for Matt Ryan here, I think the biggest problem with Matt Ryan has been is this offensive line in Atlanta. He's just been getting battered for like three or four years now, basically since Kyle Shanahan left. And they have just lacked the offensive line personnel for years. And, you know, a guy who was not the most mobile to begin with, entering his like golden quarterback years, could not be behind an offensive line like that and have some- and the Colts offensive line is still one of the best in the NFL. And yeah, I don't think we think he's gonna he's not gonna become like probably a QB one again. That ship has probably sailed for Matt Ryan. But now, like Zach, like you said, one of the best running, maybe the best running game in the NFL. Uh, one of the best like coaching staffs, one of the best game planning teams in the NFL. I think Matt Ryan can definitely get into like priority streamer land again. And like, I got we couldn't even really stream last year because. This, the team was so bad. The weapons were so bad. Like the mat, good matchups just didn't really exist for the Falcons. And I think Matt Ryan will definitely return to like priority streamer land in 2022. Yeah. Anybody have any strong thoughts on like Julio Jones? Would Julio Jones reuniting with Matt Ryan be a good thing or would that be a bad thing? Since, you know, like our lasting memory of Matt Ryan and Julio Jones is Matt Ryan like never targeting him in the red zone. Or do you guys think that would be a good thing? Because you alluded to Zach too. They have Michael Pittman, and then like not a whole lot else going on at wide receiver. If I remember correctly, I don't I don't believe right now T. Y. Hilton is slated to come back, so they, they kind of have that wide receiver two availability. I I guess their wide receiver three would be some kind of or the wide receiver two would be some kind of mixture of like Ashton Dolan or Paris Campbell, who we know Paris Campbell can't really stay that healthy. So uh, I I would say that there's certainly a need for a wide receiver two improvement there. They can certainly address it in the draft, as we know they they just get all these free pick handouts apparently. So that's not something that they struggle to come by. But uh, I think that Julio Jones to to Indy makes a lot of sense at this point in time. I don't know that he to be asked so much of him to be a wide receiver one for that team uh but he'll also be someone who's going to be in position to have his moments to do so and the i mean the fc south like talk about a division where julio jones can probably flourish in at least the divisional games and then still have solid weeks you know on the out of out of division schedule so i, I think it would be a good fit you know he's not going to see any red zone targets but out, out away from the <laughs> 20s like like he's money yeah hopefully i wonder if michael Pittman was planning on ever scoring touchdowns again <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Matt Ryan did the same thing with Kyle Pitt. I mean, didn't Kyle Pitts have a singular touchdown last year? I mean, isn't that one, one of the, the indelible yeah. stats of the 2021 NFL season? That Matt Ryan, he I really think it is like he just won't pull the trigger on like those tight window throws and like those dangerous areas of the field. So he avoids some turnovers that way, but also avoids touchdowns, which seems bad. Um, <laughs> any any final thoughts on Matt Ryan of the Colts, Froton, or have we have we put a bow on this? I think, yeah, I'm just sort of looking at it from the Colts perspective afterwards. You know, what is their pivot? Do they draft a QB? Do they go in, you know, are they going to 
I mean, I, are they going to explore the trade market? I mean, Atlanta, excuse me. Yeah, 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 yeah. What does Atlanta do? Because uh, they don't have a first rounder. Uh, they have the number 42 overall pick in the second round. Do they opt to go for a stop, a stopgap since it's a rather uninspiring quarterback class? Or do they just wait to see who falls? Is it Desmond Ritter? Is it Howell? Those are the two most likely at this point, I think, to fall. If Corral were to go all the way to 42, I would jump on that in a second. He is my QB1 in this class. I just think he's the, the most well-rounded, even though he didn't get to throw in the postseason because you know of injuries. Um, so I guess I, I'd be interested to hear what you think about that on Pat, since you are the NFL guy. Well, let me just uh, – I'll just use this actually to pivot to another question. Well, let's keep asking each other questions here because my original lead question for the show was Deshaun Watson has been traded – you know, the fallout is just like manifest like all around the league because there were several teams that had put all their eggs in this basket. And we've already covered Watson's arrival in Cleveland pretty extensively over at NBCSportsEdge.com. But that was the first question I wanted to ask you was of the teams left at the altar, the Saints, the Falcons, the Panthers, which do you think is most likely to like drown their sorrows in a first round quarterback Draft pick. The Falcons, by the way, they do have a first round pick, right? I thought that I they have the number eight pick, I believe. Yeah, yeah, number eight. And number six is Carolina. So they're going to be right bumping up against each other. Uh, so I yeah, Frodo, what do you think? Which of those teams is most likely, if any, to go the first round quarterback? Right? So I know it's a very divisive. I mean, it's always divisive. I know it's like yeah. an unusually divisive quarterback draft class. And we don't really know like who's going to, how many lottery picks they're going to be, how many first round picks in general. Who do you think of those three is going to be most likely to try to re- replace their non-Deshaun Watson replacement with a first-round rookie? I mean, just – I almost want to say whoever the last team is with a pick because uh, I've seen a lot of Malik Willis going to Carolina. I just simply can't believe he'd go there at six overall. I just can't do it. I've watched too much of his tape and too much to simply think, oh, yeah, that's what they're going to do. Um, last year in the draft, I actually had mocked uh, instead, they took Joe Horn, you know, cornerback. He was kind of banged up this year. I actually had them taking Mac Jones or, you know, Fields. One of them was there at seven last year, and they passed that up. I think that was a terrible decision because it was a much better quarterback class, and as it proved, Sam Donald ain't the answer. Yeah, never going to be the answer. So they have to do something. I'm leaning right now towards them. I think Carolina will. He, they probably will take a quarterback, even though I don't think it's the best idea because they'll get them cost controlled. They won't have to fork over 20 million plus. I mean, you know, we've seen up to 40, 50 million a year. I think they try to to build in the Seattle Russell Wilson esque model and just take whoever they think is best at quarterback and do the best they can to fill in the other positions because they'll have plenty of money they don't have to spend on QB. Heck, do you agree? You, you think the Panthers – I mean, Panthers, man, they are so desperate. I mean, I believe Zoomers I would maybe say they're thirsty for a quarterback. <laughs> they need a quarterback so bad. Do you agree with Froton that they might be the most likely to go this first-round route? The Panthers are thirsty for a quarterback without a doubt. Uh, I agree with the Zoomers on that take. Um, <laughs> but I think really, I mean, you want to talk about a coach who's just in a horrible position to need a quarterback right now. Uh, between the Saints, the Falcons, and the Panthers, like it's it's unquestionably Matt Rule. I think he's like 10 and 23 over his first two seasons. Sam Darnold didn't work out. Like, And now he has probably the most down bad quarterback class of the last couple of years. And he's going to kind of feel forced into picking one. Um, and then ultimately, as we're discussing here, the question is whether or not will they. I think there's a chance that they could. I just, it, I'm kind of in the same camp as Froton, where I don't really see the upside in making the pick outside of it feeling like a necessity. But they're kind of stuck between either going with someone like Sam Darnold. Um, they've, you know, they weren't ever going to get Matt Ryan, but he's another veteran quarterback who now we know they definitely can't acquire. It's kind of between like, you know, competing for maybe Baker Mayfield or Jimmy Garoppolo or drafting one. Like, I, I have to imagine that Matt Rule is looking for something that could potentially save. Uh, not just his season, but possibly his career and his time with Carolina in finding a quarterback. So if they aren't able to get one of these potential trade candidates and someone like Baker or Jimmy G, then I do think that they could possibly go quarterback here. Um, probably someone like Kenny Pickett could be on the table. Um, not not a whole lot that really excites me there um, if Malik Willis comes up. But again, as Froton said too, like you get one of these rookies, you might not even have someone who can really contribute to you winning games in a meaningful way that to really even leave as much of an impact as, as what I think he'd be hoping for when he makes that pick. It, it's a tough position. Bad day to be uh, a Panther, I think. I, I 
I personally think that the Saints would probably be a team I would pick more likely to pick a quarterback if it's not the Falcons, who are certainly on the table now. Uh, the other week I had the idea of Matt Corral to uh, the Saints. I think that there's an opportunity there for a potential bridge quarterback where if he needs to sit for a bit, that would work out. And then whenever they're ready to put him in the offense, they can do that. So I, I would think it may be the Saints uh, at pick 18 with a quarterback like Corral if he's available. He's kind of a dark horse at this point in time uh, between no no senior bowl buzz and no combine yet. So I, I, I'm i with uh, Froton. I do think he's a good quarterback. I like him. I think if he falls to the Saints, there's an interesting opportunity there to get a guy like that. And you make, another, you make a great point about the Saints because it's they aren't giving up. Say they make a trade right, for QB, which is totally logical. I, I understand if they went that direction. It's the 19 overall they're trading. It's not the 6 overall. You know what I'm saying? Like Carolina would be like, that's a lot of draft capital to give up for Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Mm, uh, right? it's, not, you know. it's not happening. Apparently there's a report today that, like, Mayfield's contract is considered so bad. I have a little hard time believing this, actually, that his contract is considered so bad that it had to be like a Brock Osweiler situation. Where they actually extend a pick along with them, I actually don't buy that. Or or Jared Goff, you yeah, could say. Yeah, I, I think it's someone trying to like drive down his price. I mean, I mean, like because I think his deal is like basically the same as Sam Darnold's. Like someone will pay, someone will take an eighteen million dollar chance on Baker Mayfield. Yes, they will. Unless his attitude, like behind the scenes, is like considered even more toxic than it is publicly. I I have a hard time believing someone wouldn't surrender a day three, third round pick at least for Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Um, you guys made an interesting point, too, where the Falcons are in a much, much better situation to bridge a quarterback. So, like, a better landing spot for someone like Molly – or not not the Falcons, excuse me, the Saints are in a, such a better position to, like, be a bridge quarterback situation than the Panthers where the Panthers, it seems like it would almost be unfair if they got someone like Malik Willis because they'd have to, like, play him immediately, mm-hmm. basically, and they wouldn't get a chance Eesh. to develop at all. And it seems like a class here where lots of the guys – Need it needs to be a bridge year for like a lot of these guys. Maybe they have first round upside. Like, yeah, I feel like it would be setting Malik Willis up to fail if you put him in to that Panthers meat grinder because they they're not gonna be able to wait a year. Like you guys alluded to, like they're they're in job save mode. Yeah, yeah, I feel like it would be a disastrous fit for Malik Willis. I think you're right on all fronts. Froton, you asked me earlier about what I thought the Falcons were most likely. I think the Falcons are probably the least likely to do the first round quarterback because they have like. This roster is like not even remotely close. Mm, like yeah. They don't have. See who drops the round two, right? Yeah, they don't have weapons. They don't have an offensive line. They're really low on high end defensive talent. And like Arthur Smith, you know, he he he's the guy who quite literally made his career on resuscitating a career on Ryan Tannehill. And I, I get the feeling you know, he'll accept the cha- like he'll accept like the Marcus Mariota challenge or something. Even yeah. though I mean maybe he doesn't want that since that was the guy he benched for Ryan Tannehill. Uh, but I feel like they might be the team least likely of those three to do a quarterback and that they might go like the duct tape and glue. Like, let's see what we can coax out of like a, a journeyman type guy team. So, yeah, to answer your question that you asked me a very long time ago, um, that's what I think the Falcons are most likely to do. Does that make, does that make sense? You think? Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I, I think that makes a lot of sense. The, the, the truly fun moment could be if it's the Felipe Franks challenge in 2022. You shouldn't have said that when I was taking a drink of coffee. Cause <laughs> yeah. then you're really talking about a good time. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Felipe Franks, uh, uh, nothing else. So you can never take away from him that he threw an interception on Thursday night football. I, I didn't hallucinate that, right? I think, I think the game it's his lone career pass attempt. Exactly. The game where they lost 25 to nothing to the Patriots, at least three separate Falcons quarterback. I'm not making this up through an interception mm-hmm. in that game. And so Felipe Franks right. will always have that at the <laughs> NFL level. On the other side of the Deshaun Watson trade, the Texans were in purgatory for over a year, just having no clue what to do with their quarterback or really the future of their franchise. I mean, they were like in the definition of purgatory, basically. Now that they finally have gotten rid of Watson, now that they finally have draft picks after their first selection last year came at number 67, Froton, what do you think they will emphasize in the early rounds? And do you, I, I feel like they won't take a quarterback. Do you agree with that? I do. Uh, at least in the early going, because they've already kind of said that Davis Mills, they're going to ride him in his giraffe-like neck. Uh, you know, <laughs> in theory, you know, it can. you heard teams say, I, I mean, I was at the combine, obviously. You heard just blatant lies, you know, from the front offices left and right. So, like, okay, come on now. But um, they have number three overall. They have number 13 overall. Um, 
I would say that at number th number 13, I see wide oak. I see just a, a clean, straight up wide oak. Uh, I think that's what they do because they need one. I mean, they got Cooks, obviously. What? Wait, is he, is he a free agent? No, they still guy. have Brandon Cooks. I thought you were they saying that they just trade him because that's what everyone does with Brandon yeah. Cooks. They, do, yeah. they still do have Brandon Cooks. For now, they actually could very easily trade him before the draft, I feel like. Absolutely. Because they're in, I mean, if you don't know that you're in a rebuild, Houston, then I don't know what to tell you here, yeah. guys, because you're in a rebuild. So, you know, BPOB at three, simply. Do they feel like they need, you know, a, a staunch lockdown left tackle like Icky or Neil? Okay. Like, do you want to go with a single high safety, you know, 6'4", 220 in Kyle Hamilton? Okay. Or do you want to go with an edge like is Thibodeau there at three? Do you like Trayvon Walker? You know, so I think it'll either be a tackle uh, or a edge in terms of that number three. And I think it'll be a wide receiver at 13. Uh, just my gut call where I think they should do. For time, real quick. So I told you guys before the show, I'm like really behind on my draft prep. But I have caught wind of the fact that, yeah, Kyle Hamilton is a safety being billed as like a potential top five pick. And I feel like you like take a safety like that high. You like basically need to be like Troy Polamalu, like right off the bat. And like, do you, do you think Kyle Hamilton is a good enough prospect to kind of break that mold? And kind of like with Kyle Pitts last year, like you have to be really good to be a tight end to go in the top five. You kind of think like Kyle Hamilton could be like a Kyle Pitts type at safety. He will go top 10. It's that's, Somebody's taking him in the top 10. Dude, he is, for 6'4", 220, the ground he covers, his instincts are excellent. There was a play against, uh, gosh, I want to say it was made Clemson in the very beginning of the year, where you see Hamilton come from the opposite side of the field, like the, basically, you know, shaded towards the opposite hash. And as soon as the ball gets in the air, he starts, you know, right as it's about to go there, he reads the eyes and gets a break. And he goes all the way across the field to make a, you know, like a 25-yard pass and he he breaks it up single-handedly gotta just stand there waiting for it it was one of the most amazing plays i've seen all, i saw all season so he's got that he can be the single high safety and allow you to play you know seven eight in the box uh so i do think he has that skill and he will go top 10 number three overall that's a big one though where you probably got to take a look and say there's a great edge class who's the best one there you know you have them cost controlled for another five years, whatever it might be, something like that. I think that's the logical play. And if I'm them, uh, I'm assuming Hutchinson's gone. I would take Kayvon Thibodeau. He's, he's my clear number one. And I can't believe that he's been getting dinged all the way down, you know, eight, nine, 10, uh, considering his, his sheer freakish athletic abilities, production, and the fact that he bends the edge better than anybody in this class. For me, when it comes to the Texans, I'm, I'm kind of lockstep with Froton in terms of that first pick at the number three spot probably being either edge or offensive lineman. Uh, the one thing is, is that Houston could potentially have their pick at any of the offensive linemen in this draft. If we think that Hutchinson is going to go number one to Jacksonville, um, yeah, that's going to you know let offensive linemen drop another pick. There's a possibility that Detroit either goes uh, defense, uh, maybe defensive edge Kayvon Thibodeau before there was a lot of uh, Hutchinson to Detroit. If that doesn't happen, maybe they go Thibodeau, which then sets the Texans up to essentially have their pick of any offensive lineman in the draft. Last season, Houston was in the bottom third in the league uh, per pro football focus uh, pass and run blocking rankings in terms of offensive line play. They, they did not run block well. They did not pass, pass block well. They also just recently released uh, right tackle Marcus Cannon to free up some cap space. Um, I, and now the replacement there looks like Charlie Heck. He's probably a replacement level player at best. So I think that um, when you consider some of the top flight talents at the offensive line, I think that there is a need that Houston can meet there. So what I would kind of be looking to do in a class that's also deep at the edge rushing position, which is something Houston also needs to address. You'd, you'd be surprised to know that Houston actually has a lot of needs to address. Um, <laughs> it might have fewer in, than the Falcons. <laughs> in this draft. Yeah, it might be fewer than the Falcons. They're, they're, they're neck and neck, but uh, edge rusher Jonathan Grenard, he led the team last year. Uh, Houston, that is, with eight sacks. No other player there had more than four, so they had, certainly have a need at edge. They clearly have a need at the offensive line. The cutting of Marcus Cannon probably didn't help that. Uh, very much. I think if they go with this, I'd be looking to possibly go um, offensive line again, assuming that they have their pick at any of them. I'd be going offensive line at three. I'd run it back with the edge in a pretty decent edge class at pick 13. 
And then uh, Froton made mention of wide receiver in the in the second round with what was it the 37th overall pick I believe it is. I think this is a pretty deep wide receiver class where there's going to be talented receivers who are going to fall to that second round pick where they're going to have early day two draft capital that Houston already possesses with pick number 37. They could get a wide receiver there. They could also really use cornerbacks as well. Uh, dead last in work and pro football coverage. Pro football focus coverage grade. They just lost cornerback Terrence Mitchell to the New England Patriots. So there's a lot of needs to address there. I don't, I certainly see the need for wide receiver outside of, of Brandon Cooks. I don't know that they need to necessarily go and get that in the first round when I think that there's going to be an opportunity for some very solid day two picks to fall to them if they want to go that route or cornerback them too. Yeah, they'll definitely have some good opportunities in early in that second round, you know. Um, Maybe maybe Pickens is there. You know, he's he's after the top five. He's my six. Oh, actually, mm-hmm. um, top six because Dotson deserves to be in there as well. But after that, like it's it's Pickens for me. Also, Sky Moore will almost assuredly be there at that point, and he looked great in the Senior Bowl uh, at the Combine. Like his routes are clean. All his athletic test- testing was very good. Uh, certainly, he could be there too. You make you make a great point where. Hey, why not take that lockdown left tackle, wait till 13, and say, all right, is Trayvon Walker there? Is it Jermaine Johnson? Uh, and just take simply the best edge because it's a good edge class. I, I also really, really love uh, South Alabama wide receiver Jalen Tolbert. I think he's an absolute stud who could be a nice early day two pick as well. Uh, team like team like Houston would probably fit very nicely there. For time, I was just saying, as a draft normie, I'm glad you confirmed my thought. Like, on Thibodeau, like why is Thibodeau like fall, falling? Quote unquote, it just seems oh like gosh. amazing to me. Like, and haven't well, really been clear on that. As someone, yeah, who doesn't follow like second to second of the draft, I've been kind of like baffled on why he's considered like not good anymore. It, well, you know what it is. Uh, I actually talked to. I, I had the fortune of at the combine staying in the same hotel as uh, the guy his training team. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. uh, he trains out of L.A. He's a kid from Compton. And I kind of I got to bend the ear of a couple of those guys for a good 15 minutes each. And what they've said is, you know, their opinion is one. Uh, one of the, the narratives is he isn't training as hard. Uh, they fought that narrative very vociferously. Let me just say that. You're like, oh, he's not training hard. OK, uh, <laughs> I will be going in the next week or so to check out their camp. They got Makai Polk in there from uh Mississippi State and transferred from Wazoo. He was excellent. He had 105 catches last year. And they also got Chris Steele from USC in that camp. So I can't wait to go check that out. But I can tell you this. Kayvon Simido is a sharp guy. And it intimidates some teams because they look at him and they say, all right, well, this guy has his future after football all set. He has already stated emphatically that his dream is to be able to start up a charter school in his hometown in Compton where he can literally do sort of what David Robinson did in Texas, uh, which is literally start his own charter school and help kids get educated in the inner city. I mean, that, if that isn't a selfless and, you know, a, a commendable sort of, you know, a, a belief and dream, well, I don't know what is, you know, how many guys out there saying, I can't wait to, to, to be a principal at a charter school that I teach. So I, I have a hard time with that. He also put up 27 bench reps. Okay. That was one less than Aiden Hutchinson, which if you watched Aiden Hutchinson bench, he had his strength coach literally touching the bar every time he's doing a wreck. I, I mean, listen, I'm not Mr. Bench Press guy. I've done him plenty of times, but I'm like, dude, you don't have your hands right there and touching the bar every time a professional football player is trying to do a rep. You just don't do it. It's dumb. So the fact that, you know, Hutchinson, we thought he was 270. Turns out he's 260. And Thibodeau at 254 did, I will say, more reps. Pretty impressive considering the power that Hutchinson displays on tape. And I don't really have any concerns about Thibodeau's motivation. I think it's going to be awesome. Glad you think he's because he just seems like self evidently awesome to me. So I don't buy it. We should probably stop overthinking that one. Uh, We'll be right back after this. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? 
They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024, pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024, cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. The madness is upon us. Get an Edge Plus annual subscription now to unlock our college basketball DFS and betting tools with game predictions, player prop projections, and more. Get ready to cut down the nets using promo code BRACKETS20. Plus, you will get every tool for every sport with your Edge Plus subscription, including our new fantasy baseball draft guide powered by RotoWorld. Go to NBCSportsEdge.com Edge Plus and use promo code BRACKETS20 at checkout and find your edge. Guys, you guys kind of alluded to this. So, I mean, Aiden Hutchinson seems locked in at number one now, correct? Like, you're both nodding your heads. He's, he's Minus 500. Here. So, I mean, yeah. no one else is in is in the minuses. Yeah. It's him, and then everyone else is pluses. All so, if he's locked in at number one, can't go to his home state team and the Lions, that's – like, the focus now turns to number two. Like, what are the Lions going to do at number two? Do either of you have any better feel for what they – and? Is quarterback in play or or no? Is this just not the year for even a quarterback desperate team like the Lions to kind of like push the envelope there? Is, so yeah, what, where are we leaning with the Lions right now at number two? Take it sure. It's, it's, all right. Yes, sir. Uh, so the first <laughs> the first thing that I think about when I do think about the Lions taking a quarterback at number two is first of all, is this a roster that's really built to compete right now? Probably not. And then also. Uh, Dan Campbell is essentially hitching his his future to whichever quarterback he takes here in a questionable quarterback class. If this doesn't work out, he's probably not going to get a chance to draft another first-round quarterback. So to not have necessarily all the pieces around to, I think, build what's a, what we would consider a legitimate contender in Detroit, I would be putting off uh, quarterback on hold just for that reason. Like it, it's a, it's not the great class to hit your wagons to. Uh, the, the roster is not necessarily built out for any kind of real playoff run. Aaron Rodgers is still in the division, so you're looking probably at a wild card at best, even if you had the best possible team that you could field. So to to take a flyer on a questionable quarterback uh, to risk that, I I don't see that happening. Um, points bet sponsor, yes, uh, uh, NBC Sports Edge. Kyle Hamilton is uh, the favorite as the number two overall pick at plus 375. I went and I did a little bit of looking at Detroit's um, defense uh, in 2021, which was rather underwhelming. That's probably why they had the second overall pick. They allowed the fourth most yards per game. They allowed the ninth most passing yards per game. And then their net yards allowed per pass attempt was 7.2, which was actually the worst in the league, tied with the Ravens, who I think if we watch enough Ravens football, we probably knew that the Ravens were at some point in time running out quite literally like backup caliber, like cornerbacks and safety. They, they were just so banged up that they really didn't have a lot of starting caliber players um, and, and they were getting gauged for it through the air. The one free safety who Detroit has is Will Harris, who has a third worst coverage grade on pro football focus from last season at 41.7. Houston's Lonnie Johnson was the worst. Washington's Landon Collins was the second worst. Now, if you want to be comp to Landon Collins, once upon a time, that may have been good, but Collins was actually so underwhelming as a safety that Washington considered moving him to linebacker, I believe, a little bit. They kind of did those things. Uh, And then he was ultimately cut this offseason um, you know, because they weren't able to restructure the contract yet again. So it's not really a good company to be in there when you're the worst, especially with a player who was quite literally cut for not being a good coverage safety. I think Will Harris's time is probably looking kind of short in Detroit. If they wanted to go with Kyle Hamilton here, I think there's a lot of reasons to justify doing that. I think that he's a player who they're going to be able to plug in and slot right away uh, as a starting free free safety on the defensive side of the ball. That is actually kind of where he really boosted his draft stock in 2020 after he played exclusively at free safety. In 2021, uh, he, he logged a lot of snaps at various defensive positions between safety, free safety, strong safety, cornerback uh, for Notre Dame. In 2020, Hamilton had a 
excellent uh, season. He allowed only 74 receiving yards and no touchdowns on 22 targets. He had four interceptions and five pass breakups. He boosted his draft stock heading to 2021, and now here we are talking about him as a lock for a top 10 pick, possibly even something as high as top five. He's an odds-on favorite right now to be the second overall pick per points bet, uh, plus 375. I don't think it's really that crazy to talk about him there other than just kind of the simple fact that we don't see safeties go that high, but I don't, I don't know that you necessarily need to ride trends. If you believe in a player, um, having the ability to change your team around and really improve a defense. Uh, you know, what's interesting is, you know, we're looking at the odds here and it's plus three seventy five. Hamilton is the favorite plus 14 plus 400, excuse me. Malik Willis is in second place tied with Aiden Hutchinson at four, plus 400. I don't see any of those three guys going here. All right. Big reasoning is at the combine, I got to talk to a, a particular uh, Detroit beat writer, and this is exactly what I asked him. I'm like, what's happening at two? And what he thinks, what he kind of went through with me, and we walked it through. The GM for Detroit has had reasonable success at the safety position getting guys down the board. So he doesn't think Hamilton will go there. I'm like, okay, cool. I can tell you right now, this is my own opinion. No way does Malik Willis go two overall. No way. That would be malpractice to take him at two overall. I don't care about anyone. That's how it is. So he ain't going at 400. Hutchinson's going one. So that leaves us with Trayvon Walker, plus 500. Thibodeau at plus 700. I can't see them going with an OL, you know, an offensive tackle, because obviously they have a, a long timer there uh, at one side. And then they, they took Sewell last year. Do you need a third tackle? No, you don't. What you do need, you need an edge rusher. So I know they will take Aiden Hutchinson if he's there. That's a lot. I just don't think he'll be there. I'm seeing Kayvon here. It's Kayvon or Trayvon. Plus 500 for Trayvon. Plus 700 for Kayvon. Kayvon Thibodeau was actually minus, it was actually plus 1,400 on March 16th. Here we are five days later, plus 700. Did I tell you which way the wind's blowing? And you don't need to be a weatherman, as the great Bob Dylan once said, to notice it. <laughs> I'm disappointed, by the way. The, the fantasy guys, we're disappointed that you don't like Malik Willis. We just we want this to happen. We're trying to not that you don't like him, but that you I just like, don't like watching him throw the football. I love watching yeah. him run. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Uh, it's a, <laughs> yeah, maybe you know maybe they're in a position to take a quarterback and redshirt them. But man, number two overall, yeah, so, that would be. I do want to put a little context on that with Willis. You know, I'm kind of being unfair. So in each of the last two seasons, Malik Willis has led the nation in quarterback scrambles. He has also led the nation in quarterback sacks in each of the past two years. So that's not cumulatively. That's each isolated season, all right? Wow. When you watch Willis, he does, as, soon as, as soon as anything breaks down, he's gone. He doesn't reset. He doesn't, you know, he tends to very rarely throw, you know, on the run with extreme accuracy. Where he is really good at that is just is chucking it deep. He's got an arm, you know, and, and you'll see it. There's... He made a couple of really nice throws, but he doesn't do it enough. You can't just go out and run around in the NFL. You see what happened to RG3. You see what happens to court. Carson Wentz, he was running around a little bit. Boom, broke his leg. Yeah, he, he ran around a careful. lot. A lot. And it hurt him. And it's, look, unless you're, this guy ain't, you know, uh, Lamar Jackson, 6'4", 230. You know what I mean? He's six feet even, 220, which is, you know, okay, the 220 is good, but it's like, Man, it's not like he's the prototype like Trey Lance, like, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Justin Fields. He's not a prototype, you know, and his accuracy is all over the place. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that go into that evaluation. There's a lot of goes into Willis, but I just – he might be waiting two, three – probably three years. He's probably going to get two years with the first one he's sitting, the second one he's going to make plenty of mistakes, and hopefully by the third year he's, you know, settled in. So that's why I just don't see at the two pick when you have 32 – and you have number two in the second round. You just sit there and wait to see which guy falls. If you want to go, you know, Desmond Ritter, he's arguably just as athletic as Malik Willis. He's just skinny, you know, and the BMI is an issue for quarterbacks. Because, again, if you're going to be running a 4-5, you know, sub 4-6, you know, for a quarterback, you're going to take hits. And a 2-10 at 6-4, 6-5 like, like Ritter is, that's, that's dangerous. But I'd rather take Ritter at 32 or two in the second round, then take Willis at two overall when you can get an absolute star there. That actually makes a lot of sense. You know who went number 32 was Lamar Jackson. So they're, they're going to find the next Lamar Jackson at number 32 for Oton. 
the other big trade last week, uh, I feel like it's been a while since we're talking about the trade. The, after the Deshaun Watson trade, the other big trade was Devontae Adams to the Raiders, which only increased the Packers' desperation of wide receivers. So the, the Packers' receiver core was such that they had arguably the best receiver in the NFL and still badly, badly needed a receiver. Now, after years of neglecting high-end moves at the position, they have no choice. What do they do with their multiple first-round picks, Zach? And is there any way they ignore a receiver again this year? I mean, there's not, right? Right? Question mark. Uh, I would like to say that that is correct. Uh, the Packers have not drafted a first-round wide receiver since 2002. Um, I'm not sure what I was doing then, but it was not this. It was That, that was a long time ago. Um, 2002 was the last time they drafted a wide receiver in the first round. They've got now two first-round picks to perhaps get this done. I think it I think it has to be a lock that they do. I started kind of working my way through guys who I think they could or could not take either based off of preference or just who may fall to them. The first guy who I ruled out um, for, for no other reason than, than just the fact that he's, he's coming off a torn ACL suffer in the national championship game is Jamison Williams. I like Jamison Williams. I think he's a fine prospect. I think green Bay, it could be a tough pill to swallow if something happens with his torn ACL recovery, if something gets suffered again, you know, we obviously never hope for that, but if something were to happen with Jamison Williams, now you're kind of looking at a fan base just talking about you drafted an injured wide receiver to replace Devonte Adams. So I'm off of that for no other reason than just who we're talking about trying to replace here and then not wanting to take a risk on a player who's entering the draft with a torn ACL. Um, and then Garrett Wilson, Ohio State, he's probably going to be off the board at this point in time. I actually think USC Drake London would work very well uh, with uh, Aaron Rodgers just in terms of he's a guy who is masterful contested catch. He's six foot five, and we know Aaron Rodgers likes to throw in tight windows. So in a lot of ways, I think that Drake London would allow – Rodgers to do a lot of things. I'm just not necessarily sure that he's going to be on the board either. So where I settled was between either Chris Olave of Ohio State or Arkansas's Traylon Burks. And I ended up going with Burks here in the first round. Um, I, I went ahead and just went 22nd overall pick. I think it needs to be the very first thing they address with whoever's available and they can't afford to wait anymore. Uh, the one knock that some people are going to give Traylon Burks is the fact is the fact that he ran a four five five forty yard dash. He's six foot two, two hundred twenty five pounds. Like he he's yeah, a big guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like six foot two, two hundred twenty five pounds. Like, that's a big guy to be running. He has a eighty seventh percentile speed score for playerprofiler.com. That's you know very good. That's upper percentile. That that's probably close to what we would consider elite in terms of percentile for a speed score. Eighty seventh percentile. He averaged over three yards per route run in each of his final two seasons at Arkansas. He's a great player who's after after the catch. He had six hundred seven yards uh, worth of yak. That was six most in the nation in 2021. And then overall, just his receiving line of 65 catches, 1,100 yards and 11 touchdowns, which included an eight catch game for 179 yards and two touchdowns against Alabama. I think Burks is just, I mean, he's an explosive playmaker. I'm not docking him in any way, shape or form for four, five, five, 40 time. I think he's a playmaker. I think he can uh, be used in a multitude of ways. I think he's a guy that can really give defenses fits. Uh, if Aaron Rodgers has his say between, I guess right now I'm kind of going between Olave or Burks here, then I would like to think that he's going to be able to, you know, buy for a guy like Burks with his talent to to kind of, you know, come come to the team, serve as at least a Devontae Adams replacement. The, the idea that we're looking for a receiver to one for one replace Devontae Adams just makes no sense. So what we're really just talking about here is a couple of guys who can be serviceable uh, receivers, uh, hopefully reach an elite level, which I think Burks has a chance to do that. Um, over the next couple of years while Rodgers is still under contract and playing. So I like Traylon Burks here, but I think regardless, they do absolutely have to go at least one wide receiver in the first round to, I mean, what are we doing here? If, if they don't take a first round receiver here, it's it, it's not going to be good. There's, there's going to be a lot of problems in Green Bay, I think. And Rodgers will go from very happy to very unhappy rather quickly, I think. Pitchforks come to mind. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, like, if you're going to give Aaron Rodgers $50 million a year and he's going to stick around when he wanted to leave, I have to think some assurances were made. You know what I mean? Like, okay, we get number 22 and 28. One of them will be a wide receiver. Now, the question is who? And that's a good question because if we go by the NFL Mock Draft database, it has currently 873 mocks in there. Garrett Wilson is going consensus number eight to Atlanta and overall 10th to the Jets. Drake London is consensus 13th to the Texans and overall 19th to the Eagles. Now, obviously you discussed Jamison Williams, very valid point. I can't, even though I really like Jamison Williams, I just can't see it making sense for Green Bay because they need protection now. So I think the most logical, I think he whittled it down well. Is it going to be Traylon Burks? Is it going to be Olave? 
I think that's pretty much the two options there at 22 or 28. Just take them Yeah, just take them both. You're better safe than sorry. Uh, so I, I totally understand Traylon Burks. The 4.554, he doesn't bother me. 62.225, and his long speed is excellent. During the season, he reached 22.3 on the mile per hour, you know, estimate where they, you know, you see the, yeah. the analytics where they go through and, you know, there it is. Um, but, uh, you know, while I do certainly like him, it just seems to me like Olavi might be a little more Green Bay style. You know what I mean? Where he's lightning fast and, you know, he's he's pretty much got those hips and he can go deep, you know, so. It'll be Traylon Burks or Chris Olave, in my opinion. I can't. The other two will be gone. Jameson Williams is going to take too long to come back. Uh, so that's that's my call. I I, I think it'll be one of those two. And, and Zach's on the money. You know, I got no problem with Traylon Burks. Go for it. Guy was used all over the place. Lined up in the slot sixty percent of the time. Lined up out wide forty percent of the time. Lined up in the backfield and got those you know jet sweeps and tosses. So he's very versatile. He's big. He can break tackles. He's got speed. Ain't no problem with that. Quickly, unfortunately, we're about out of time for today. But before we get out of here, I wanted to ask you guys, you know, last year it was the worst kept secret in the NFL that the Steelers were going to draft Alabama's Najee Harris. This is a low wattage running back class, right? Correct, folks? Well, uh, and, uh, well anyway, okay, Froton, in this running back class, what team, if any, do you think is most likely to go first round running back? And is it actually low wattage? Well, I would say that the top of the running back class is just fine. I have no problem with Brees Hall and his 4-4-1 at 217 pounds, especially considering the tape that he's put out. Because he went from a three-star recruit over there in Iowa State, and Matt Campbell turned him into, you know, what he is now, you know. So you got Kenneth Walker, also excellent, 4-3-8-40. These are big numbers for running backs. I mean, you hear 4-4-1, you're like, okay, that's pretty good. He's almost 220, you know, Brees Hall. Uh, you know, 210 or so for Walker. Those are great times. And with Walker, you know, you see him, his ability to dodge tackles. Just go and watch his Michigan game. Kenneth Walker was unreal in that Michigan game. So you got to check that out. And that's a defense with a front seven that ain't playing. So you look at that. Obviously, that's a factor. That being said, in if there's a team, it's got to be a team that's past 25, in my opinion. I don't think the draft capital – I know Najee went to 24 last year. I don't think you can justify the draft capital – taking a, a running back like that, especially when you look at the teams that are in the back half that are going to be most likely because he's not going to go under 20. It's just not happening. So I think Buffalo at 25. They're the one that stick out. Yeah, is like the most logical one because you put Brees Hall instead of Zach Moss, you know, taking his time, getting through the line, not explosive. And on the other side, you got Motor Singletary, who is explosive, but he's like a buck 85. And you breathe on him and he goes down. So you get the best of both worlds with either, you know, Hall's my one, Walker's my two. I'm fine with either way if it fits their scheme. I'm going to go with Buffalo. And if there's a second one, it's going to be Miami. Uh, But the problem with Miami is chicken or the egg. Is it going to be, you know, is it their offensive line that stinks? Or is it Miles Gaskin that stinks? Could be a little bit of both. You know, so I could definitely see them just attacking a Linderbaum uh, or a Zion Johnson, two of the elite interior offensive linemen. Uh, or if not, maybe they look and say, Miles Gaskins, toast, give me Brees Hall or Kenneth Walker. And, you know, that gives us a, a, a real weapon out of the backfield for the first time in a while. I would, I would also throw the Bucks, maybe the Bucks, like the Imperial sure. phase Bucks can do the first <laughs> time running back thing. Because, yeah, they're playing hardball with Lenny, it seems like. And, yes. yeah, real quick, Zach, I mean, and too, I had the Dolphins on there for a while, but. Now with mm-hmm. Chase Edmonds, I, they think that they can like fix their offensive line. I don't know what they're really thinking with their offensive line. They say like <laughs> very strange things with their offensive line, but I, I, the Bills stuck out to me and the Bucks stuck out to me. Quickly, Zach, do you see the same thing? Yeah, I'm not going to be a lot of fun here. I, I, I'm also on board with the the Bills idea. Uh, the two teams that I had beforehand, one of them was also the uh, the Dolphins, and then went ahead and they got Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert. Neither of which are overly attractive names, but names where you could probably make the case that they're not a three-down back, so someone like Hall would fit in there, but I don't see that being 
what happens. And then the Cardinals, they brought back um, James Conner, but they were another team that I kind of like kicked the tires on. But it just, I think it's, it's not like totally out of the question. Yeah, yeah, it didn't make enough sense for me to go with that. So I, I'm also on board. Like if you want to talk about like teams just going out, they're getting a player to essentially add to a juice team. Buffalo might already in theory have their top three receivers, Diggs, Davis, and McKenzie. If they really want to just kind of get a luxury piece, I think Brees Hall or Kenneth Walker, they would make a lot of sense. So I'm team Bills too as far as that goes. But I, I don't think any team is taking a run back in the first round yeah it just seems like a rough year for the running backs in the first round and yeah the real i think the only two legit possibilities are again to use my own the imperial phase teams and the bills and bucks whose yeah. rosters are almost complete and like who can like kind of like the chiefs with ch or like they're like we have a good enough roster we can indulge in a first round running back and spoiler alert they couldn't well they could have that running back just had to be jonathan taylor yeah man, yeah. Oh, man. what a counterfactual <laughs> i can't believe it I can't believe that. What a They're kind so of close. Actual, <laughs> oh my god! But Ch though, Ch has come on the show. He's a good guy though. He's a really good guy. Uh, I get no but, hate yeah. for him or anything. Yeah, I just I, rather have on, Jonathan Froton. Taylor. Come on, Froton. What's your deal, man? Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> it should have been Jonathan Taylor. I mean, I, no offense to the friend of the show, Ch, but yeah, it should have been Jonathan Taylor. But uh, should have been over the show. That's a horrible transition. We are ending the show. Sadly, it's been really great stuff from. Mr. Froton and Mr. Kruger keep it locked here every Monday for the draft theme show. I will not be on my usual show with Denny on Tuesday going on a family vacation. Uh, it's going to be Matt Straup and Kyle Dvorak joining Denny on Tuesday. So look out for that on the, the podcast. So you keep it locked to the site. I mean, still crazy stuff going on every day. We're still getting yeah, trades. I, you know, I, I've been dying to pod with you, obviously since last August at the fantasy, fantasy football book that happened. However, Hey, if you guys need somebody to sit in with Denny, my boy, okay, I'm in. <laughs> you will have a Talking Heads themed show. We have a lot of Talking Heads. You can go join in the show. And by the way, Froton, <laughs> yes, for the you are back in the baseball league. By the way, I, I invite you're you're in there, so you've been renewed and already invited. So you're in the <laughs> baseball you. league. You're welcome. I, I was afraid Thor was going to throw his weight around since I fleeced him for Otani last year for uh, <laughs> Stanton. But I was lucky. It worked. Yeah, yeah. You survived. You made the cut. Uh, (laughs) We made the cut on this show. For Eric, for Zach, I'm Pat. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back later in the week. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application.